You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Talk about anything you want. And since I have so many shy listeners out there, they don't want to join us here, which is so easy to do. 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or better yet, you can join us here on Zoom. Very simple. You log on to PetLifeRadio.com. You click on shows. You go follow down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And there left for you will be a link to our Zoom meeting. You can click on it and join it. And um, you can join us live. And it's great. And as I say a zillion times, it's the wave, man. This is this is how many veterinarians are, are working now, especially because of COVID. And I think what's happening is clients are getting so used to it. I can talk to my vet online. I don't have to go in and, and fight traffic and sit in a parking lot in a waiting room. I'll just, I'll just do it now. So um, we'd like to hear from you either way. Once again, the phone number toll-free 877-385-8882. So uh, as many of you know, um, I kind of peruse the news, what's going on in the veterinary world, and um, share some things with you. Maybe something will strike a nerve. Maybe something will say, oh, I wanted to talk about that. In fact, interestingly, some of the topics that I come up with for a second half of the show are stuff that I read. I say, you know what? I really need to elaborate on that. There's something there. And um, today, I'm sure you've heard, which is a good thing about COVID, not many good things about COVID, but this is one of them, that shelters are like starting to empty out because people are getting pets. I only hope that they keep them after COVID, after the spread is over. I don't want them flooding the shelters again because that kind of defeats the purpose. It reminds me of the 101 Dalmatians. Every time Disney releases and re-releases and re-re-releases the 101 Dalmatians, they become the most popular dog. I mean, let's face it. If you watch the movie, they are really, really cute. But all of a sudden, they're not easy dogs. And, uh, and all of a sudden, after the movie, after the excitement wears down, guess who fills our shelters? The Dalmatians. So we don't want that to happen with COVID dogs. We want you to adopt them, have them become part of the family, and have them stick with you. You stick with them, too. So this was it. The Michigan House of Representatives approved a bill to allow veterinarians to, and this is what I love, to discuss cannabidiol and marijuana products, not only products, but based medical treatments with their clients. And uh, we've been battling this for quite some time. And I only have to say, wake up, California. Of all places, California, we veterinarians are not allowed to recommend. We can't sell products. We can't prescribe cannibal dial products. Now, apparently they eased up the rule a little bit when it comes to CBD. Even if it's 99.99% pure CBD, if it comes from industrial hemp, it's okay. But anything else is not okay. And um, I think there are little nuts. Uh, our legislature in California is a bit wacko, but I will tell you that uh, any other states that do, are doing the same thing and limiting handcuffing veterinarians, when I am talking to a client on AirVet, on my telemedicine platform, what I'm doing, we talk about, the, it, it comes up a lot. How about CBD, doc? I say, well, you know, I'm in California. I can't recommend it. I can't, I can't uh, prescribe it. I can't sell products that have it. But I, what I can do is tell you this. I'm also a pet parent in California. And guess what? I give it to my pets. So I'm allowed to say that, but I can't tell you to do it. I can only tell you what I do. And that's kind of nuts. Anyway, tetanus, 
You've heard of the problem with rusty nails, right? It's really not that common in veterinary medicine. However, there were, it's not unheard of, and there were three dogs all showed up in the last year at Tufts University at their teaching hospital, tetanus. All, all three survived, but it does and can happen. And dogs are less careful than we are. When we see the rusty nail, we don't step on it. They don't watch where they walk. They step on things. They get cut on their pads, on their paws. So um, it is something just to know that it is a possibility and um, you should, uh, you know, if you suspect it, um, it's very treatable. It's a bacterium. They can be put on antibiotics. So just don't ignore if you see a cut on a pad, you think it was done by something sharp, something that was rusty. That's what, uh, just be careful. Now we knew, you know, what would be a Sunday morning or afternoon, depending on where you are, without talking about COVID-19. So here we have uh, a, uh, a, another story about cats. And it's real. Now, it really isn't that different than what we've talked about before. But unlike dogs that apparently don't even, can't even get, they can harbor it, they can transmit it, but they don't get affected by it at all. It doesn't show up. They don't have an antibody response against it. Cats, however, do. Cats, ferrets, there are some other animals that do. So they may, the story is that they may be more susceptible to the SARS-CoV-2 virus than originally thought. So what happened was they took serum samples. This was in Wuhan, China, which is one of the originating places of the virus. And uh, they took cats. They took samples out of 102 cats. 15 of them were positive for the SARS-CoV-2 antibodies. 11 actually had neutralizing antibodies, which is good. And three, the three with the highest level of virus, guess what? Came from homes where the people in the homes were also tested positive. So it is clear that they can actually get it in their system. Not just they can not harbor it, they can actually get it. However, here's the clincher that none of them had any signs of illness, not even the three with the high. So they can get it, but it's not an issue. And uh, so anyway, but just, just know that if you have it and you have cats and you are sleeping with your cats and uh, you're trying to be really smart and quarantine in the house and separating yourself from the rest of the fam while you're getting over it, whatever, your cats could be walking back and forth to the other bedrooms and they could be you know, infecting the other people in the house. So you just want to be a little bit careful. This is something that's interesting. I was going to talk about this. We've discussed it before when I had uh, one of my Dr. Heather Lenzer from the American Animal Hospital Association on, but this is kind of a shocker to me, having been doing this for as long as I have and still literally looking forward to every day. Even on my days off, I go into the office and I tell clients, I'll see you. You know, it's, I'm not really supposed to see patients today. It's my day off, but you know what? Bring your dog in, bring your cat in, whatever. I'll, I'll see you. At the Ohio State University, OSU, veterinary school, which is one of the top ranked vet schools in the country, includes now in their curriculum, mental wellness uh, courses, aiming to reduce, and check this out, the profession's high suicide rate. Now, I'm still baffled by this, really am, that when I went to school a long time ago, I mean, we're talking 40 years ago, there were, I mean, veterinary medicine, you, we had the lowest of all suicide rates. Dentists had the number one. Nobody wanted to go to their dentist. Everybody hated their dentist. Dentists inflict pain. So they were the ones with the highest suicide rate. Now it's veterinarians. And it's so freaky to me that it has become, uh, basically, it's like an epidemic within the profession. And I, there are many reasons, and um, you know they're going to have classes. The classes are going to be financial planning, emotional well-being, stress management, compassion fatigue. These are some of the ailments, the woes that affect, especially young veterinarians. And it is oh, it's really sad. 
And I, I just said, I don't get it. I, if I had this to do it all over again, I'd be doing exactly the same thing, except I probably would have been smarter as an undergrad and would, would not have taken four years to get into vet school. But I got to tell you, though, those four years were great. And it gave me so much uh, experience working as a head technician at a busy hospital that by the time I got into practice, it was like, for me, it was like a no-brainer. In fact, even when I was in vet school, I had more experience than a lot of the residents. There would be stuff that had to be done and they would, I, would, I would be in my, my ICU rotation and they'd call me to do it because the vet couldn't do a, a, you know, a, a carotid or an arterial stab or something like that. And I'm sitting there doing these things. So um, anyway, it was, when I look back, it didn't work out any other way than the way it should have. And it worked out great. This is also sad talking about, not to compare it to high school say, right, in veter- amongst veterinarians, that's really sad. This is not as sad. And that is that because of the Hurricane Laura, Swarms of mosquitoes in, in Louisiana, in southwestern Louisiana, have already killed three to 400 cattle and about 30 captive deer. That's sad that you wouldn't think that swarms of mosquitoes could actually kill an animal. I, I, and again, it, the article, I want to look into it, it didn't say whether it was an like, allergic response or whether it was just literally sucking them dry. I mean, it's one thing when you get a bee sting and you get people, you hear, you hear about it. People can get killed by swarms of bees, but I think it's the allergic reaction, the anaphylaxis of all the bee stings that chokes up their throat, they can't breathe. That I can understand, but mosquitoes don't do that. So I'm wondering if it's just that almost like fleas in a little puppy or a little kitten that they can actually suck someone dry or they're infusing, you know, mosquitoes carry a lot of disease. So it could be that it's the swarm of mosquito is primary but they died from one of the secondary problems, which is one of the diseases that the mosquitoes carry. And they, trust me, they carry a lot of disease, even diseases that can affect us. So um, I think that's more likely the case, but they didn't say which diseases. I'm going to look into it and see, but that, that, the fact that a swarm of mosquitoes can kill a cow, a bull, I mean, that, that's a big animal. So kind of lets you know what they can do to us. So this was also good. There's a veteran out there. His name is Hunter Finn. Hats off to Hunter Finn. He has been doing videos, little handheld videos, going into pet stores, and he's picking on the common pet store pet products that we should be avoiding, our pets should be avoiding. And you know, without someone like this helping us here, I mean, when I talk one-on-one, when I'm on my show, yes, I can tell you many of the things we've talked about before as far as pet safety. But this was, uh, this was very interesting. But of course, some rawhide, unless you're going to be watched, do not leave your pets alone with rawhide. Fatty treats, of course, pancreatitis. Very hard bones that splinter. I hate some of these things because they can crack them and then they're very sharp. They keep gnawing at them and they're cutting up their open their mouths or they swallow a piece that cuts up the esophagus or in the intestine. That's a bad thing. And also for cats, stringy toys. We talk about linear foreign bodies, string foreign bodies all the time. Even be careful where you throw your used, you know, um, anything string, any yarn. Uh, you, you do some sewing, any sewing, any dental floss, anything like that. You got to be really careful. Also, speaking of some danger uh, and cats, cats and dogs, fluorouracil. Fluorouracil is a topical cream that is used to fight skin cancers, prescribed by obviously uh, doctors for you, for their owners. And that cream is extremely toxic to pets. So if you even put it on and then they come over and lick you, or they rub against you and then they clean themselves, whatever the case may be, it potentially is a killer. So you want to you know, keep it off skin and it's very, very dangerous. And um, last thing to talk before the break. Well, you know what? Because of some of the things we're going to be talking about 
as far as COVID-19 and our pets. We'll talk about this when we come back from break. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages. It's already 19 after the hour. So uh, we're going to make them short messages this time. All right. Be right back. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur, and it's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. My dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And um, so just before the break, I mentioned that we're going to talk about some COVID stuff. Why not? So this story was in the um, in the news as well, that people aren't the only ones suffering from their COVID-15. And I don't, I don't mean COVID-19, the virus itself. I mean the 15 pounds they put on uh, by sitting around on their behinds all day, uh, not going out, not uh, going to the gym, not having a gym at home. And guess what? Dogs are no different. So uh, we are seeing some overweight dogs coming in. So just take their necessary precautions. And that is, you know, they're not getting the same amount of exercise because you're home, because your kids are home, they're getting homeschooled on Zoom, right? That's a Zoom classroom. So guess what? Guess who's benefiting from this? The dogs, the cats are because they're getting all these extra treats. So between the extra food, the extra treats, no exercise. And guess what? That is a great recipe for overweight and obesity. So be very careful because as we know, obesity leads to a number of problems, joint health and cardiorespiratory health and increased incidence of skin disease, increased incidence of cancer, diabetes, you name it, it could be a problem. So if you want to be really, really careful of anything, you want to start cutting back on their food a little bit, back on their caloric intake, knowing that they are, you know, they're not getting the exercise they used to get. Hopefully though, we will be getting better. So, um, okay. One thing I've noticed, you know, I take calls from AirVet, and I am amazed. Well, I'm not amazed. We, we are at the open the show with it about how the good news of COVID is that shelters are being emptied out. 
And uh, it's very hard now to get a pet, to adopt a pet, which is good. But what I'm finding out is now all these people are getting pets, many for the first time. Uh, I just talked to a family today. It's a husband and wife with their one son. First time ever they're getting a pet. And, you know, so I'm a little bit concerned because the dog is, guess what? When I get these calls, or just in generally a puppy, what are some of the key complaints that we're getting? So first of all, vomiting and diarrhea. Second of all, chewing on everything, which probably is why they're vomiting and having diarrhea. And of course, the bathroom mistakes. And I'm realizing that many of our, especially new pet parents, and even some older pet parents, I mean, older, more seasoned, but haven't had a puppy or a new pet in a long time. Why are we seeing all the vomiting and diarrhea cases? Well, first of all, when you have young dogs, puppies, I will tell you, I'm going to read off the list of things that typically cause vomiting and diarrhea. And that is nerves, stress, anxiety, diet, diet change, eating something he or she shouldn't have. And of course, in puppies, parasites. So when you go down that list, oh my God, how many, all of them, first of all, you have a new pet in the house. So they're anxious, they're nervous, they're excited. They're eating everything in sight. So they're eating something they shouldn't have. Sometimes you don't feed the same, you're not feeding the exact same food that you already bought food, knowing you're in anticipation of getting a puppy. So when the breeder said, or the, the, the shelter said, or the rescue said, oh, we're feeding this, you go, no, it's okay, I have food already. So now you're abruptly changing diet. These are all reasons that cause diarrhea and sometimes vomiting in dogs. How about, the, so we had one this morning and she, we were trying to figure out what it could have eaten. She goes, you know, I got this little ball and he, she's chewing up the ball. So she shows me the ball. You know, it's all video chat. She shows me the ball. There is a humongous hole in the ball. Now, where do you think that missing part of the ball went? You think it went someplace on the floor? No, it's somewhere in this dog's intestinal tract. And, uh, and I'm wondering, why is he vomiting? Well, that's why he's vomiting because he's eating all this crud. So we have to be very, very careful. We have to be smarter than the dogs. Sometimes that's very tough. Uh, these puppies are very smart. But remember, as I said, and, and one of them was a Labrador. So I, I, I really, when it comes to a Labrador, we joke about labs, they'll eat anything that's not bolted down or doesn't eat them first. So um, they are going to eat everything. And also, dogs that are amazing. You talk about Murphy's Law. What I find is when dogs are given a choice, they walk into this room, they're playing, there are two things they can go after. Well, first of all, they're going to go after the more expensive. Trust me. You can have a pair of flaps sitting around and you know, the missus can have her Louboutins. Bye-bye Louboutins. Those are gone. Those are history because the dog's going after them. Now, also, if they have something that's less dangerous and more dangerous, of course, Murphy's Law, they're going after the dangerous. So we need to be smarter than they are. We need to check everything. We need to puppy-proof. When we leave a new puppy or even a kitten in a room, they should be confined. They should be in their crate. But if not, at least anything they can possibly get a hold of. And I mean, possibly. And this is where I want to, to clarify. And that is many of these owners said, we gave them really bland food. We did some chicken and rice. And I'm thinking, no, not rice. Where? This happened because before we understood more about GI disease, rice was the cure for everything. Well, guess what? Rice is still good for small intestinal diarrhea. So for example, that dog recovering from parvo and you finally get it to eat. Yes cottage cheese and rice. Back in Davis, back in the day, that was a mixture, chicken and rice or cottage cheese and rice. And it was good. It worked okay. But now that we're knowing about colitis and large bowel diarrhea, well, first of all, how do you tell the difference between small bowel diarrhea and large bowel diarrhea? Well, if you see mucus and you have even a little blood, don't panic, a little red blood and some mucus and a, still a pretty happy, okay dog, still wants to eat, still wants to play. They may be, of course, out of sorts a little bit, but they're not like on their sides, oh, 
oh, you know, that's that's usually small intestinal diarrhea is more serious. Large intestinal diarrhea is really not as serious. And you want to feed fiber, not rice. Rice is too binding. You want to go with cooked oatmeal, canned pumpkin, cooked yams, bran, bran flakes. There's no raisin bran, like bran powder, psyllium. Those are the things you want to add. Small amounts. The goal is to coat the ingest as it's going through. Picture this. Why blood? Why, why do you see blood when there's colitis? And you, you see red blood. It's not, it's not dark melanin. That comes from when the bleeding is high up in the GI tract, in the small intestine, in the stomach. Then the stool comes out black and tarry. And that's a good clue. Ulcers, you get a black and tarry stool for people as well. But when you have red blood, we call frank blood. So then you know that it's coming from the end of the intestinal tract. So picture this. It's colitis, itis meaning inflamed. It's all inflamed. It's irritated. Stuff is going through. And it's, it's peeling off the innermost layer of the bowel. And that's why you get mucus. It's mucus secreting layers and you're getting some blood because it's peeling them off. Picture having a scab and every day you started peeling off the scab. Never let it finish. You you peeled it off every day. It's going to form a new scab. You're going to peel that off. It's going to form a new scab. You peel that off. It's a new scab. You need to leave your scabs alone. Mom taught you that and I know she did. And you want to leave your scabs alone. Let them heal alone. The healing takes place under the scab and then the scab starts to lift out by itself. Well, when you have an inflamed bowel, the colon is the same thing. When stuff is going through, all right, especially with rice, it's binding, it's grinding the, the surface away. And you're, the goal is you want to have it so smooth that stuff glides through and thus the fiber. So fiber is soothing. It's going to be allow the colon a chance to heal. And then once it does, people always say, well, God, if I add the pumpkin, is he going to have soft stool? Yeah, he is. And that's good. But once the colon heals, the colon does what it's supposed to do and it'll resorb all that excess fluid once it's functioning properly. So I'm a big fan. We, we call the fiber prebiotics. We call the, all the bacteria probiotics. And um, between the two, they, they help balance the gut. And that's important. So keep that in mind. Talk to your veterinarian, but don't panic. Seeing blood and mucus in a stool in a dog that's otherwise healthy, just remember you heard it from Dr. Jeff. It's colitis, add fiber, and that'll help. There's some medications, of course, that can help too if it gets really bad. But the first step is just add some fiber to the diet, normalize the diet, stop him from eating everything he's not supposed to eat, and uh, let's see if that helps. In a future show, we can talk about some of the house training tips. Now that you have all these new puppies, which I'm thrilled about, but we're getting a lot of uh, questions and concerns on uh, AirVet, and hopefully here on the show, we'll be able to help you out. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Once again, you can always get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Dr. Jeff Werber. You'll see, if, if nothing else, we'll see cute videos, some surgeries that I do. Many find it very, very interesting and just really a lot of great pictures. They're really, really cute. I see some amazing pets and uh, that keeps me very happy. And um, of course, if you have any problems, you can go on to AirVet and download it. And um, I, if you put Jeff's telehospital as your primary hospital, chances are you'll get me and I can help you through your issues while, and it's only, we're, we're only there for when your veterinarian is unavailable. If your vet's available, he or she will get the call. But if not, one of the other air vets will get the call to help you out. So have a great week, everybody. And we will be here same time next week. Might be pre-recorded, but we'll be here. And uh, we'll see you then. Be well. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.